Let's just lift our hands to him and thank him. Thank him for never leaving us, never forsaking us, for being true to his word and what he said. I'll always be there for you. Through the darkest valleys, I'm there. No matter what you go through, I am there with you. Hallelujah. Lord, we just want to say how much we love you, Lord, how much we appreciate you, Father. Truly, there's none like you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are a rock in a weary land, Lord, a place that we can come to, Lord, a place, Lord, that we can hide in, Lord, a pavilion, Lord, that we can find protection. Lord, in this world that we live in, Lord, is very crazy and a lot of things going on, but we know prophecies being fulfilled, and Lord, as we see prophecy being fulfilled for the earth's destruction by fire, we can also see prophecy will be fulfilled for a body change, because Lord, you won't let one of your words fall to the ground, Lord, but they will all be fulfilled according to what thou hast said. Lord, we're so thankful you never leave us, Lord. We're so thankful you're there with us, Lord. Moving upon our hearts and lives, we ask God you'll bless your children tonight, Lord. Bless us around your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Reminds me of a quote that I read this week. It said, Jesus Christ stood alone in his day as an example to every man upon his convictions of God's eternal truth that will take a stand positionally and stand will stand alone. But not alone, with God. (laughs) Amen. The invisible companion who follows us through life's journey, down through the shadows of the valley of the shadow of death and on into eternity, he will go with us and be God. Hallelujah. I'm thankful to serve him today. Amen. Amen. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 11, also Revelations 10, if you would. Amen. We've got a lot of needs, but we have a great God for our needs. Amen. Just ask you to be, even I haven't said much about it, maybe a few times, but praying for us, with us about Sister Ruth's um, trial and thing we're in right now with her and her body. Uh, they have found it, uh, some type of, they call it a tumor or a nodule right there in the top of her skull or somewhere in that area. And the doctors are wanting to do surgery. And so we're going to maybe have a consultation with him about that. But we're just depending on our God because he has the final say. Amen. Amen. So just be in prayer about that. The Lord will lead us in the right path in the right direction. Amen. Because he'll go with us no matter where and be God. Amen. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. And Jesus answered, said unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Also Revelations 10 and verse 8, And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea, 
and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many people, nations, and tongues, and kings. Amen. We'll let you be seated. I'd like to speak to you again on the expression of faith. Uh, last week we spoke on praise. This, this week we'll speak on, on speak. Amen. Your voice speaking the word of God is an expression of faith. We, we're reading our scripture tonight and in the previous verses we could read about Jesus as he went to the, found the fig tree that had no fruit. And he said, no man eateth from thee. And then after this verse, they came and they saw that it had withered away. And, and Peter brought this to, to their attention. He said, you know, if, and then Jesus would say, as we read, if you say to this mountain, be moved. He noticed he did not say, if I say. He said, if you say. If you say to this mountain, be moved. And we know that man could not move a mountain just by speaking to it on his own accord or his own ability me as a man, I could not do that. The only thing that can move a mountain would be deity. Amen. Deity. So then if a mountain is before us and our objective is right and our motive is right, and we speak the word of God, it isn't us speaking anymore. It's deity speaking. Then when deity speaks, it has to move. Amen. Notice he didn't put a time frame in that. He didn't, he didn't put it, say that, you know, it would move in the next five minutes or the next five years. Time means nothing to God. Time only means something to the people that are mortal. Amen. Time means nothing to someone that's immortal. And so he did not put a time frame on it. We like, we like time frames. We like to know schedules or, or, or when it might happen, but it has not, that has nothing to do with it. He said, you speak and it'll happen. Amen. It doesn't matter if it's in the next five minutes or the next five years or the next 50 years matters not. Amen. Amen. As you speak, you must believe. And then as you speak, the sand of that mountain begins to move. He said, I truly believe that the church is on the brink of one of the greatest outpourings it's ever had in this age. I believe it. I can't say the Lord has told me, but something inside of me is just catching a hold of something that I haven't seen in all my life till just now. And and how glorious to know just before the coming of the Lord that these things are happening. Amen. Faith, you know, it's so simple. He says, the scripture says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, faith is not a myth. It's not a hope so. It's not a maybe. It's something that you actually possess. He said, just like this, and he uses that illustration he used many times about the quarter. He says, if I was starving and you came to me and said, Brother Branham, I'm starving. Or I said, I said, I'm starving. He said, what, well, you, well, what would save your life? And I'd say maybe a loaf of bread. And you'd go into your pocket and bring out 25 cents and hand it to me and say, here you are, Mr. Branham. You don't have to starve. He said, now I haven't got the bread yet, but I've got the purchase power of the bread. And that's exactly what faith is. It may not, may not be that it's actually in your hands as far as the evidence of what you can see. Amen. But it is a purchase 
power that by his stripes I'm healed. Amen. It's already done because his word says it is. Amen. And he says, see, it's a purchased power of the bread. I might be a mile from the bread or we might say it like this. I might be five minutes from my healing or five years from my healing or however long it is. I can be just as happy with that quarter or that faith in my hand. I can be when I got the bread in my, when I have the bread in my hand because I've got the purchased power of the bread. And he said, when that faith is anchored, that is finished, you can just be as happy as you were. Amen. If you was already healed and already, you can jump about it. You can shout about it because it's already over with. Amen. You can have it. It's already done. It's something you know you've got. Nothing can move it from you. You can never, you'll never watch for any evidence or anything else. You'll just know that you have it. And he said, when I got this bread or this 25 cents, I may have to go over some hills. I may have to go through some briar patches. I may have to go across some water. I may have to cross bridges, but all the time I'm rejoicing because I've got the 25 cents. Amen. So rejoicing in faith goes together. Amen. Uh, and speaking the word of God. Amen. We're not here to speak of our own accord or our own mind or our own thoughts about things. Amen. We are here to speak the word of God because what I speak can fail. What I speak can, can fall to the ground. What I speak may not come to pass, but what he says will not fail. What he says will not fall to the ground. What he says will come to pass. Amen. So we can be rejoicing and thankful that what he said in his word you say well I don't know if it's his will to heal well his word is his will so if it's in his word it is his will to heal therefore we can rejoice and thank God for our healing before it even happens hallelujah amen whatever it's in his word we can take it and believe it and rejoice about it he said most people have faith let me go back he said i might have to cross some bridges but all the time i'm rejoicing because i've got the 25 cents knowing i'm going to get bread just as soon as i get there it's the purchasing power well faith is the purchase power of things you have hoped for Hallelujah. Faith is the purchase power of things you're hoped for. That is genuine faith and nothing can move it. He says most people have faith, but they don't try to use what faith they've got. Hey Amen. You can have 25 cents, but if you don't go, now I understand today bread's way more than 25 cents, but whatever it is, $2.50 or $3.50, if you don't, you can have it in your pocket all day long, but if you don't slap it down on the counter and buy you a loaf of bread, it'll never come to pass. Amen. You got to put it into action. Amen. You got to speak the word of God. And this is what he said. You got to have, he said, most people have faith, but they don't try to use the faith they got. He said, I believe that every person that believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, how many people believe on, has a certain amount of faith. The reason that it's never used too much is because you never put it to use very much. Uh, yeah, okay. And person, a person usually coming to church will just come in, listen to a sermon, then they'll go up, put their name on a church book, become a good member of that church. That's just about as far as they have ever had in the opportunity to use their faith. Faith will do just anything that you have need of being done if you'll put it to work. 
Amen. Faith will just do anything that you have need of being done if you'll put it to work. But most churches today, they got just as far as they can teach, and that's just accept Jesus by faith, and that's all to it. That settles it. That's like a man who was eating a slice of watermelon. He said, that was good, but there's some more of it somewhere. Hallelujah. I believe we ought not ever get settled and satisfied in our work with God. It ain't just believing on him and that's all there is to it. There's more to this watermelon. There's more to the slices that we can have. Amen. There's more of what God has in store for his children. He said, said, when man accepts Christ as a personal savior, then all the good things that God has promised is laying right there at his fingertips. It's not way off somewhere and something hard to obtain. It's right here at our fingertips. Just believe it. Don't go at it in a place where I wonder for the work. Just the same as you know you're going to get up and you need a drink of water. So you're going to raise up and you're going to walk across the floor and you're going to get that drink of water. That's just how simple it is. When the Lord promised it, that's all that settles it. And just going about it, that's real genuine faith. Hallelujah. If, a, if people would, if the church would put more faith to work, you'll see more things take place in the church. The pastor might stand on a Sunday morning. He might stand on a Sunday evening or a Wednesday, whatever, preach hard on faith in a mighty message. But if the members don't take that message and start putting it to work, it'll fall right back again and the birds of the air will pick it up. But just take it out and put it at work. God wants you to do that. God wants you to do that. See, he came in flesh 2,000 years ago. He came to overcome the devil in every way. And we can say, man, he did. In sicknesses, he overcame him. In sin, he overcame him. In death, he overcame him. But his desire was for more than one body doing his works. Amen. He wanted more than one body destroying the works of the devil. He wanted deity not just in one body, but in many, in a many-membered body. Amen. Overcoming as he did. Overcoming him against sin as he overcame sin. Overcoming sickness as he overcame sickness. The works that I do shall you do also even greater than this. And we want to know what the prophet taught on that. He taught it wasn't greater, that it's a greater miracle. He said it really the translation is more because it's not just one body no more. It's a multi-membered body all over the world. Hallelujah. Just, we just got a report from Brother Danny Del Mundo going to a far out reaching island there at the Philippines. It's like five, five hours by car and two hours by boat. And he hears about a woman who'd been struck down in her body by a stroke and she's laying there in a bed and in, in there he's asked to go pray for her. He goes in and he lays hands as the Bible says, Mark 16 is what he quoted, laid hands upon the sick. And he says she sat up in bed and God done a miracle in her life right there amen he said done such a miracle her daughter they wouldn't even believe her her daughter had seen that miracle and said I must know this Jesus Christ and she was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ what was it it was putting faith into action it ain't up to me to fulfill it it's up to me to do what he said do It's he wanted more than one body. He wanted a many-membered body. 
He wanted it in the Philippines. He wanted it in Japan. He wanted it in Africa. He wanted it in Europe. He wanted it all over the world. Deity defeating Satan's kingdom. He said some people think of him back there as deity. As a little baby, he was the one that stood on the invisible platform. And he reached out his hands and spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. He said that was Jesus Christ for he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world recognized him not. He was and he is the deity of God. Look what he did back there. Talk about the miraculous back there. Talk about shouting when he performed the miraculous things to make things which are now out of things which was not. He spoke it and it was so. And that same power, that same Christ, he said let the fundamentalists, let them people who deny the power of God say it's wrong. But the same power that spoke the world in existence is in the people that's got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The same creative power that spoke this world into existence. That same deity is not 2,000 years ago. It's not somewhere in the wild blue yonder. It's on earth today. That's right. Men and women, it's time we found out who we are. <laughs> I think this is very amazing. This is the very first sermon recorded. The deity of Jesus Christ, 1949, 1225 of 1949. The very first sermon God is wanting us to hear who we are. <laughs> He's wanting to tell you, amen, the devil's trying to hide you back somewhere and tell you you're some little trodden down something. You're not. Come on now. You're made worthy by the blood of Jesus Christ. You're sons and daughters of God. Deity is not in heaven. It's in you. Right there at the very first recorded sermon, God is wanting us to know who we are. That deity is not just 2,000 years ago or in heaven somewhere. Deity is on earth and is doing the same works that he did. He said, I know you think I'm crazy, but let me tell you something, brother. When you realize that almighty God lives in you, Boo, devil. Almighty God lives in you. Immortal life. My life, I give Zoe. The life of God is in human beings again. He stood back there. He the creator of all things. He made the life. He made frogs. He made ducks, chicken, animals, created everything. Nothing was made but what was made by him. Who? Christ the deity. He brought down plagues and everything in the days of Egypt. Who? Christ. He stopped the mouth of lions. He quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. They raised the dead from the grave. Who? Christ oh my what would it be who is it Christ and brother and sister that deity is in you the same power that stopped the lion's mouth the same power that quenched the violence of fire the same power that raised up Jesus from the dead now also quickens your mortal body Christ in the manger no, in a little while, and the world seeth me no more. Yet ye shall see me, for I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the age. <laughs> Why did he not leave you when you was in your doubts? Why did he not leave you when you was in your frustrations? Because he was held to you by his word. 
to deny you, he had to deny his word. And he wasn't going to do that. Amen, because that's who you are. Christ in the manger? No, Christ in you. Hallelujah. We're not worshiping Christ in the manger, but Christ in you, the Holy Ghost, the hope of life, the creator, God himself, dwelling again in humanity. So there's another place. He said, if your life tallies up to the life of Jesus Christ, in other words, that same spirit lives in you, the Holy Ghost. He said in his word, if you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt, but believe that it's coming to pass, you can have what you say, what you say. What you say. The only way you can move that mountain would be have deity speaking. When you're a son of God, you receive God, which is Zoe, God's own life, and you become part of God. Then if your objective right and your motive is right, speak and watch what happened. It has to take place. It may not be on your time frame or the time that you want it done, but that's not up to me, amen. It ain't up to me to fulfill the word of God. It's up to me to speak the word of God. It's up to me to speak what he said, and then he'll do what he does. Amen. God wants somebody who'll believe. He said, the word comes into you. If the Holy Spirit is there, it'll make it alive as soon as it comes in. And every promise is true. Therefore, if you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart, because what? You are deity speaking. You are deity speaking. You believe it. The Bible said so. Whatsoever you shall come, shall, uh, whatsoever you say shall come to pass. If you not doubt it, if you can get all the world bred out of you and let the Holy Spirit make you a full son or daughter, no world, no condemnation, no doubt. What is it then? It's no more you. It's God in you. Then you take His word; it's a promise, and say, Father, it's your promise. Something's got to move. Of course, you can't do it until God has revealed to you that that's the case it should be. Amen. When you know that the case shall be, then you can say like Jesus. He was the word. Is that right? Yet Jesus, the man, the tabernacle said, I do nothing except the Father show me first. If it's not, then it, it is not the word then until it's made manifest to you. You get it? No wonder people say days of miracles are past. Why do they say that? Because the word isn't manifest to them. But you can't tell me days of miracles are past because that word's been made manifest to me. Amen. Amen. I've seen it. No wonder they can't believe in the Holy Spirit because the word's not made manifest to them. No wonder they can't see the revelation of the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ because the word isn't manifest to them yet. And yet they don't have one scripture. There's no place where anybody was ever baptized any other way. Amen. About the Holy Ghost, the Bible said no man can call Jesus to Christ only by the Holy Ghost. And people say they don't believe in the Holy Ghost is right. See, that's not made to them. It's not been made manifest to them. Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father draw. Isn't that beautiful? All the Father has given me will come. And I'll raise them up again at the last day. Oh my, there's where our names are put on the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. How could we ever doubt? Oh God, take the doubt from among us. Take the doubt from among us. Circumcise our poor human hearts till there's no more doubt among us. That's my prayer. Roll away every doubt. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. 
Roll away the doubt. In John 5 and verse 14, we're told this. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything in his will, he heareth us. You know, it's hard to believe somebody's got confidence in you if they're questioning everything you do. God, it's hard for God to believe we've got confidence in him if we're questioning everything he does. But if we truly believe he's in control, then we don't question him. Then we can have confidence that we have to have this confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, his will is what? His word. According to his will, he heareth us. So if we ask to be healed, he heareth us. If we ask to be filled with the Holy Ghost, he heareth us. It's his word, therefore it's his will. He heareth us, and if we know that he heareth, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Hallelujah. Now here he goes. Now we ask, what is the will of God? There is only one way to know his will, and that's by the word. So if we're asking for things outside of the word, then it's not his will. Amen. You know, I, I, you know, people come up with this idea, well, it was, it was my will to marry that woman, and she's a divorced woman. How could it be his will if it ain't in his word? I don't care how many angels you had talk to you. I don't care how many dreams you had. I don't care how many quotes you can find. It's not in his word. Therefore, it cannot be his will. There it is. If it's not in the word, you can't have it. So we can't ask unless it's in the word. We can't petition or ask unless it's in his name. There it is again. Jesus, the name is the word, will. You can't separate God and the word. They are one. Then this word he has left behind us on printed page is a part of him when you accept it by faith into a spirit-filled life. Not into an intellectual conception but a spirit-filled life. He said that his word was life in John 3, 6, 63. That's exactly what he is. In John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Romans 8, 9 said, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. There it is. He is spirit and he is life. That is exactly what the word is. Spirit and life. Amen. That's exactly what the word is. That's exactly what Jesus is. He is the word. So when a spirit-born, spirit-filled man in faith takes that word into his heart and places it upon his lips, why it's the same as deity speaking. Every mountain has to go. Satan cannot stand before that man. No wonder he don't want you to know who you are. No wonder he don't want you to know you're a blood-bought, Holy Ghost-filled son of God. And he's constantly trying to question your life and constantly trying to make you some, think you some trodden down something because he knows if you ever get the revelation of who you are, he cannot stand before you. But he will be just as defeated and thwarted against you as he was 2,000 years ago. Because it's the same lie and it's the same power. Therefore, it has the same effects. Amen. 
But if he, keeps, if he can keep some condemnation on you, if he can keep you down and it's about something or some questions, then he knows he can stand there. But if you ever realize who you really are, Satan can't stand before that. Amen. Revelation 1, 17 and 18 says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. He said no human being could stand the effect of that vision. John's strength was utterly gone. John fell at his feet as though dead. But the hand of the Lord in love touched him, and the voice of blessing said, Fear not. Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. What, what is there to fear? Judgment that fell on him at, at the cross, at the grave, and when he descended was for us. It was for me. And he absorbed the full brunt of the wound of sin. And there is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. See, for a surety, our attorney is our judge. He is both attorney and judge. And as judge, he says, case is finished. It is settled. It is thrown out of court. Hallelujah. He tells the devil, you brought the wrong one in this time. That's my son there. And I have already paid the price for his sin. It's finished. It's dismissed. It's over with. What kind of power would we realize we would have if there's no condemnation? What kind of services could we have if all condemnation was stripped off of us and we realize, hey, that's not who I am, devil. I'm a son of God. I came from God. I'm going back to God. Why should the church fear? What promise has he ever failed to manifest before us? Now, you can go into the trial. I was reading it today. I ain't got it in my notes, but you can go into the trial. And one of the worst, worst cases that comes up is Mr. Impatient. <laughs> impatient. You know, we, we as humans, especially in this time we're living in, we're more impatient than ever. I mean, think about it. I, just thinking about just my trip, I just got back from, uh, from uh, going to Africa and Europe, got into, uh, I got into uh, Charles de Gaulle there and my plane was uh, delayed. You know what it did? Delayed enough that I was going to miss my connection in Atlanta. I had a good connection, but I was proud of that connection. I was going to get home early. <laughs> missed my connection, had to wait another four and a half hours. Oh yeah, impatience comes along. And, but if I'd have just lived a few hundred years ago, it took me a whole lot longer than what I just did. I mean, I spent 40 hours altogether going to Africa and coming back in an airplane. But I promise you, a couple of hundred years ago, it took me a whole lot longer than 40 hours. But we're now living in a time that we want everything right now and God forbid something disrupted and get in our way and we want to get all anxious and impatient. But listen, God's trying to teach us something and when it comes to his promises, it's on his time. And when it's time to be fulfilled, when it's time, it will not be no delay. 
show you. There won't be no delay. There won't be nothing stopping. There won't be nothing hindering. When it's time to come to fulfillment, it will be fulfilled. So do we trust him? Quite a question he asked Brother Ron or said to Brother Ron, if you trust me, I'll use you like never before. Oh, God, I trust you. I didn't know it was going to be that. That's not been Brother Ron's attitude by no strength, but that's the way we are sometimes. Lord, I trust you, God. Next thing we know, we're going through a trial. Man, I'll be glad when I get out of this one. I'm sick of this thing. How impatient did we just get a few days ago when it rained for four or five days in a row? <laughs> I can't wait till this rain gets over with. I'm so sick of it. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're behind on our rainfall and we're needing the rain. And we're fussing. Hey, I'm just as guilty as anybody else. I get sick of it. <laughs> but we need it. It's a needful thing. We got to have it. So are trials. They're not easy and they're sometimes very hard and very difficult, but they're needed. How would you know him as a savior if you never sinned? How would you know him as a healer if you never had sickness? How would you know him as a deliverer if you never was bound? But God wanted you to know him in every attribute. And he said, if you'll trust me, I'll lead you through this. I'll never leave you. I'll be right with you. Matter of fact, you'll look back and see one set of footprints. It's like, he left me. No, that's when he picked you up and he carried you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, my, how many times has he done that for us? Just picks us up. When we get through across some of them bridges, Brother Bradham talks, some of them briar patches, and we couldn't make it, but we're still praising God anyhow. And we run out of our own strength. And he says, all right, child, I got you. And he picks you up and he carries you through. Hallelujah. But there is now therefore no condemnation. Why should the church fear? What promise has he ever failed to manifest before us? Why should I fear punishment or death? It's all been overcome. He's the mighty conqueror. He's the one who conquered both the worlds of the seen and the unseen. Not like Alexander or Napoleon who conquered this and this but finally was defeated. This, this, this was, there was nothing that could conquer Christ. He that descended is now ascended. And unto him has been given the name that is above every name. Yes, he conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered the grave. And he has the keys thereof. And whatever he looses is loose. And whatever he binds is bound. And there's no change in that. There's no conquer before him. And there's none beside him. He alone is Savior. I'm talking about your God tonight. He alone is Savior. He alone is Redeemer. He's the only God. The Lord Jesus Christ is his name. And he goes right into this. Don't fear, John. Don't fear, little flock. All that I am, you're heir to. All my power is yours. My omnipotence is yours as I stand in your midst. I have not come to bring fear and failure, but love and courage and ability. All power is given into me and it's yours to use. You speak the word and I'll perform it. This is my covenant and it will never fail. When a man sinned, when man sinned at the beginning, he crossed a great chasm 
It was a chasm between him and God, leaving no way back. And God took a substitute. Heard about it, someone Sunday offered a substitute and he accepted that substitute. If the man would accept the substitute for his place, then he could come back and fellowship with God. And then man for years went about through the blood of bulls and goats, sheep and animals, but it would never take away the sin. It only covered the sin. He said, that's what's happened. But what, then what happened? What happened? One day, there came something that could remit sin. Amen. Remit is mean to lay aside partly or wholly, to be released from the guilt or the penalty of. Amen. So there came a blood that could release you from the guilt of your sin. Not guilty anymore. It can lay aside the sin holy. He said there may be some scientists sitting here and so I'm going to make a remark and just call it, going to call it something. It doesn't mean that at all. I'm just going to say it. But he said we'll get one little simple drop of ink. God can hide himself in that. If it's a drop of ink, it has to be something before it was a drop of ink. See what it is. He said the first is a drop of, it's a, it's a drop of ink. What is it? It's chemicals and so forth. And he says, but, but when, is, when you take that, and you drop it into bleach, into a bleach, he said, what happens to it? Every molecule of it's changed until where it can't be found anymore. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It can't be found anymore. This is what he did for us. He said, they manufacture this stuff they're called bleach. He said, you women use it, different with Clorox. What happens? It makes it to where it turns it back to where it was, it's original. And he said, that's exactly what the blood of Jesus does to sin. The blood of Jesus Christ, confess your sin upon the blood. It omits it. It puts it in the sea of forgetfulness to be remembered no more. To be remembered no more. Hallelujah. Amen. This omit means to leave out or exclude intentionally. God is intentional with your sins. He is intentionally, he said it leaves it out either intentionally or forgetfully. Hallelujah. So he intentionally takes your sins and puts them in the sea of his forgetfulness. He's some kind of God because you know how we are as human. We can keep a list a mile long, but you ask for forgiveness and it's struck off. Not just for the next five minutes or the next five years or the next 50 years. It's struck off, period. It's over with. It's done. It's finished. I hope that'll give somebody some victory tonight. The devil's been trying to hold them sins of your past over your head, but you've already asked for forgiveness of it. It's omitted. It's forgotten. Intentionally done away with. Why does he do that? To give you the courage to stand as an adopted son of God and speak his word. It's done. We go back. He said, listen to this, brother, brother, brother Branham's desire. I'm trying to find where I... It's God hiding himself in simplicity in 63. He said... He said, where is the church today? If we're born to be sons of God, 
Jesus himself said, if your own law said you're gods, amateur gods which control the earth, he said, if they call those gods who the word of God came to, the prophets, the word of the Lord came to the prophets, you call them gods, how do you condemn me when I say I am the son of God? He said, if the blood of bulls and goats could give a power to Moses to go out there by the commission of God and stretch forth that rod and say, let there come flies. He had the word and he spoke the word. And when he did, it became God's thought manifested, expressed. And so then when it was, well, when it was God's thought, put it in Moses' mind and he spoke it, it became a word. And Moses turned and went back, maybe not a fly in the country, but in an hour from then, maybe one old green fly began to buzz around. In a half an hour, there was 10 pounds per square yard. God help me. Amen. The creative word of God that was spoken by the lips of mortal man under the blood of bulls and goats that could not remit or omit sins. He said, God uses men. God could use the sun to preach the gospel. God could use the wind to preach it, but God chose men to preach the gospel. What's the matter with the church today? There's something wrong. My opinion, we're not coming with that sincerity to the right thing. If God could do that by the blood of bulls and goats and bulls that only covered sin made a propitiation for the sinner, but the sin was still there, only covered, what can he do through the blood of his son that omits sin? And God has not manufactured, but he created a blood that takes away all sin. And Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, whatever you say to this mountain, move and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you said. It will come to pass. Where is the Pentecostal church at today? We don't realize that confess, truly confess sins. It has been omitted or done away with. And it's built a bridge. Remember that chasm? This blood came and built a bridge across the chasm that brings you back into the presence of God. Hallelujah, into the presence of the creator and it makes you a son of God. And he said, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do so also. That shall he do also, amen. There you are, verily I say unto you, if you say to this mountain, be moved. And don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you said, it shall come to pass. You can have what you said. See, my, it's my God Revealing himself in humility. God taking a humble sinner and cleansing him by his blood and dropping that confessed sin in the Clorox bleach of the blood of the Son of God and putting his own life in that man by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then if we have the genuine baptism of the Holy Ghost, what's wrong with us? When the type, when Elijah dropped the robe for Elisha, he got a double portion. And Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. The greater than it shall you do, for I go into my Father. What's wrong, church? Question mark. He said, now you want to call us Beelzebub because of the visions and things like that. Get off my back. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Brother, get off my back. Listen to what he said. Brother, get down to the cross. Get the gospel. We don't have to impersonate. 
Come on now. We don't have to impersonate. Why would we take an impersonation? Why would you take some false conception of it? When the skies are full of the genuine Pentecostal power that makes a man or a woman a son and daughter of God, that takes him back into the presence of God, they are God revealing himself in humility. We're not impersonators. We're back to the original. But you got to get away from your own thoughts. You got to let the mind of that was in Christ be in you. You got to stay there till every sin of fear. Wow. Every sin of fear, every sin of doubt has gone from your heart. What would they say? He would tell them, go and sin no more. Brother Bram would take you and say, what was he saying? Go and disbelieve no more. People don't understand that disbelief is the very root of sin. God help our unbelief. He said, I don't care how many degrees of doctors you have, how many big churches you are, what kind of big will you belong to, how many organizations, whatever it is, has nothing to do with it. Until your sins are confessed, and in the blood of Jesus Christ, you stand unadulterated, born again, son or daughter of God, with the life of God in you, to speak a word of creation. Hello, somebody. You stand unadulterated, a born-again son or daughter of God with the life of God in you to speak a word of creation. Let this mountain be moved and it will mind you. It will mind you. You know, in speaking, you know, God called Moses and he called him with a special calling. And he said, when God calls a man and anoints him for a certain duty, he expects that man to carry it out to the letter. God don't want to give a man a commission and him him haul around about it. He wants him to go straight forward and do exactly what he commissioned him to do. Don't look right or left, just move forward. And I, I want to put that in our boots. Amen. He gave us commission. Mark 16. And he don't want you to him haul around it. Go lay hands on the sick and let him worry about it. Let him fulfill it. He will do what he said he would do. That's his word. He will not break his word. Amen. He says, see, the children of Israel had been in bondage for some 400 years, but God had made a promise. He would set them free or visit them. And God keeps every promise that he makes. He will not lie. He's God. And the time has come for this. And the time had come for this visitation. Now, watch this. He said, I believe tonight, paralleling, that God made a promise he would return again. And I believe we're near that time. This morning, I believe it. I can almost feel the current, as they say, the nearness of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Moses being called for this purpose, he was a man. God trained him 80 years, 100 years before, 180 years before he's able to use him, 40 years in the palace, 40 years in the wilderness. God can train a man, take him 100 years for 30 minutes work. But God knows how to train. Hallelujah. He's been training a bride for 2,000 years. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's been training us, but he knows how to train. Amen. God trains his man, then anoints him and gives him experiences to take them through the rigid training, down through the sands of burning punishment, trying, testing. Not only does that to his prophets, 
He does it to his children. Every son that cometh to God must be chastened and tried, tested by his word. And when the pinch comes, the strong time when it faces death, you'll be able to stand on the word of God and say, God said so. It's settled. God had called such a man. And the man was Moses. But Moses was a great deal like us. Every time he came to a place, something had to be done. Moses said, oh, Lord, what must I do to this, in this place? Now, isn't that just like we do? Amen. God had blessed him. He had anointed him above his brethren, given him a message and a ministry that had not been on the earth since that day until that. And he said, yet every time something took place, Moses ran off to God and said, Lord, what must I do? What must I do? God kind of got tired of that, I believe. He said, why are you crying to me? Speak and go forward. My, if any time ever looked like they ought to retreat, but there is never any retreat in God. Hallelujah. God's not going to get right up to the end and back up and say, I'm sorry, I'm going to back off. No, sir. It's always move forward. It's always take another step. There is no place to retreat in God. Go forward. The doctor says it's cancer. Go forward. If he says it's TB, go forward. If the devil says you can't give this up, go forward. If your home says you're going, your home says you're going to be a fanatic, go forward. If the church turns you out, go forward. There's no retreating back. Go forward. Speak and go forward. Speak what? His word. Not our own ideas, not what we think about it. Speak his word, thus saith the Lord, and move on. Speak the word. The people rebelled and said, had it not been better, we died in Egypt, been better, we had our graves marked. Then from the hyenas and the vultures now to pick our bones in the wilderness. Why did you bring us out here? They had seen that God had approved Moses to be a servant. They had seen all the visitations. They had seen the plagues. They had seen all of this. And Moses said, what must we do? And the answer was, go forward. Go forward. He said Moses was called for the job. And he would do it. He promised that he would send such a thing in the day to deliver them. And God did that part, sent Moses. And the children of Israel, just because little stumbles and things come along to try them, they failed to march on with Moses. Now, isn't that just like today? We see the message come forth. We see the church rise to a place on the wings of the Holy Spirit under the power of God thrills every person in there. The glory of God falls around and signs and wonders are taking place less than a week. Satan is permitted to come into that congregation. What does he do? God permits it. And then the church begins to murmur and fall back. Maybe it wasn't so. There's where we fail. That's the failing of the church regardless of what takes place. It's God. Move forward. Well, there's some brother so-and-so. I shot the victory with him, and he's back. No matter what he done, has nothing to do with you. Well, so-and-so professor said that wasn't right, and this said this wasn't. No matter what so-and-so said, you are the guy that stood on those grounds. You were there when the spirit came down. It doesn't matter what anybody says. You was there when he was pleased to dwell with us. You was there when he spoke. You were the guy at the burning bush. 
What if the professors of Egypt, what if Pharaoh would have said to Moses, oh, you just imagine you've seen a bush. That was just roaring in your ears. Moses knew where he stood. Moses knew what talked to him. And every man that's born of the Spirit of God knows what talks to him when the Holy Ghost comes. It speaks of peace that passes understanding. Hallelujah. Think of it. When God promises anything, God will bring it to pass. When God confirmed the word to you, then believe it. If it don't happen in the first five minutes, believe it. If it don't happen in the first day, believe it. If it don't happen in the first 20 years, believe it anyhow. Amen. If God spoke it, it's going to come to pass. He said in the last days he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh and your young men would see visions. Old men would dream dreams upon my hands made and made service while I pour out my spirit and show signs in the heavens and the earth. Great signs and wonders would take place in the last day. And here we are in the last days and God is keeping his word. The Holy Spirit is here and it vindicates that the coming of the Lord Jesus is near and people turn it down and murmur against it just like it was then. But this is our deliverance God is with you speak and go forward God has anointed you move on don't him haul around and say well should I believe God should I trust him for this trust him for every breath that you breathe trust his word he will fulfill what he said he would do he said he would be your provider he will be your provider He said he would be your healer. He will be your healer. He said he would be your deliverer. He will be your deliverer. What he said he will do. So there was a great Stonewall Jackson. He's been one of my favorite generals since Joshua, he says. Stonewall Jackson was asked one time, how can you stand with just a handful of men when the opposition is so great. That's how he got his name of Stonewall. He would not budge. He knew no retreat. What could we credit a man like that to? A man. When those Yankees come down by the thousand, he would stand there in the minority. And they never moved him. He stood like a stone wall. The rest of the rebel army had retreated back. One of them screamed out, what's the matter with Jackson? Why is he going? He stands like a stone wall. And that's where he got his title. Other generals asked him, Mr. Jackson, little bitty fellow, black-headed, blue-eyed, about five foot, two inches tall, very modest, mild-speaking little fellow. Mr. Jackson, how can you stand in such opposition? Bashful Bashful like he kicked his boot on the ground. He said, I'd never take a drink unless a water, unless I thank God for it first. That's where it is. There's no retreat in God. Speak. And go forward. That's God's commission to his church. We have no time to be slack. Hallelujah. They say the revival over. It ain't over. Go forward. It's time the Pentecost is played out. It isn't. It's time for Pentecost to rise. In the name of Jesus Christ. And go forward. There's no retreat. There's no staying on the same ground. Let's move on with the spirit. Or the spirit will move somebody on somebody else. And leave you standing. Follow him. He won't leave you or forsake you. Hallelujah. 
the works that I do, he that believeth on me shall do also. That's his words. It ain't up to me to fulfill it. The Bible says the Holy Ghost has come, has to come in. It'll give a witness. You'll know yourself that Jesus is the Christ. Musicians can come because he lives in you. Then that same Holy Spirit introduces himself through the people, and these signs shall follow them that believe. The church will laugh at it and make fun of it. We're just living in that day. We're just living in that day. The atmosphere is getting charged up for an atomic bomb, the judgment. The church is getting charged up, ready for a rapture. Hallelujah. We're waiting. Anticipation's waiting. The church is waiting for the coming of the Lord. The world is shaking. Wonder which one is going to get the bomb first or the other one. We don't care which one gets there. We're going here. So it doesn't matter which one gets it there. It doesn't have a thing to do with us. We're just rejoicing, happy, believing that one day we'll hear a sound from heaven and our bodies will be changed. And his church will be caught up in the air to meet him and to be with him in the air. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. What was the last thing he did? (laughs) He didn't want to just take one body up. He wanted to take many. I'm one of them. I am one of them. I don't care. You can can crucify me. You can say whatever you want to say about me. I know the spirit of God. I've met the burning bush. I ain't worried about your ha-has and your you-yous and whatever name you want to call us. I could care less. I'm looking at one thing and what does he say about it? That's all that matters. I don't care what any other preacher says or any other man says. I could care less. I only care what the man upstairs says about my worship, about my praise, about my life, about my music unto him. I could care less what the crowd says. Take this whole world. Give me Jesus. You can get ready for a bomb if you want to. I'm getting ready for the bomb in Gilead. A bomb that's going to come over this mortal body and change it into immortality. I'll be like Enoch. Took one step and he was not. Because God took him. Thus saith the Lord, speak. Don't cry. Speak and go forward. God don't want a bunch of crybabies. God wants men that's got backbone, not wishbones. Wish I had this and wish I could do that. Backbones that'll stand in the breach, claim the victory, claim the call they're called out in the midst of darkness. They'll say they're healed in the midst of sickness. They'll say they're delivered and the chains look like they're all around them. That matters not. What matters is what he said. 
Believe the message. God is here. He'll vindicate his message. God is here. He's the same God that was back there. He's the same God in the days of Moses. He's the same God of 2,000 years ago. And he didn't fail then. And he won't fail now. The Holy Spirit has come. And the signs of him being here is all around us. So, greater? How can we do greater? I'll just give you his words. If you take the original, he doesn't say greater. How could anything be greater than what he done? He stopped nature. He healed sick. He raised the dead. He cleansed the lepers. He done everything. But he said, more of it you'll do. For I'll not be only with you. I'll be in you to the end of the world. Do you believe that? He never left me. He never left me. Aren't you thankful? The Holy Spirit is here still leading the church of the living God. We are not alone. We're not fighting this alone. We're not fighting cancer alone. We're not fighting brain tumors alone. We're not fighting sin alone. We're not fighting unbelief alone. He's still with us. I'm with him. Let's sing that chorus song again you started there, Brother Mike. I won't be shaken. Why should I worry when giants come calling my name? Why should I worry when giants come calling my name? My God is bigger. Oh, my God is so much bigger. Hallelujah. Oh, why 